All right, good morning, church. If I didn't get a chance to meet you, hi, my name's Harold. I'm the minister here. Um, don't normally lead songs, but I love to do it, so thank you guys for that opportunity. Um, was it last week? I said we were starting something new, and it was kind of open-ended, and I'm going to continue this open-ended thing we've been starting. And so basically for the next little while, I'm, I'm doing some topical sermons that are just kind of topics that have come up in my life, topics that I think, man, that's something I can work on and I can study and I can share with you guys. So hopefully they mean something to you and, and hopefully we, we learn a lot together from them. Last week, though, the topic I talked about was preparation and how our daily lives, we prepare for a lot of things in our daily lives. Um, some of them bigger, some of them smaller. My example was preparation for our house. Um, but one of the really, really important uh, examples of preparation that I saw in the past couple of weeks was the Olympics. The athletes prepare their entire lives to compete in an event for the Olympics. I gave the example of seeing the rock climbers climbing up a rock wall in like 30 seconds. I didn't even know it was possible. But they prepare their entire lives for one event. And I think that's a lot of what we should be doing as Christians. We should be preparing our entire lives for eternity in heaven. Because becoming like Jesus would be a great thing to do when we actually get to stand there and sit with Jesus on the throne. Paul said that we've already obtained the prize, but we should run the race as if to win it. And I think that's a great way to talk about preparation. We should run the race just as hard and fast as if everything we do matters, because it does, even though we've already get, been given the trophy of eternity. So, preparation. This week, I'm going to talk about another P word, and I promise they're not all going to be P words. This is just how it's happened, okay? I want to talk about patience this morning. Patience. Patience. What is patience? Well, it's one of those things that I think a lot of us say, yeah, that's a good trait. Ah, patience is so good. Ah, we need to have more patience. But when it comes to the fact of practicing a little more patience, who here likes to do that? All right, good. We're all being honest this morning. We don't really like to practice patience, right? And when it comes to my life, patience is probably one of the hardest things. Am I right on that, Courtney? You can give me some nods when I'm just being hard on myself. Yep. Personally, I have a lot of work to do when it comes to patience, because patience is not something that comes very naturally for me. And maybe it's because I'm a slightly high anxiety person, so I can't be patient in the moment because I got to think about the next moments. Or maybe it's just because I haven't tried to practice patience or I haven't developed this enough in my life. But one way or another, I'm probably not the best patient person in the world. Not the most patient, and patience is really, really hard for me. And when it comes to our house, oh man, have I had some opportunities to practice patience. Many, many opportunities. Tell you what, there's been some really, really good practice for Harold over these past few months. When we first started looking for a house, we probably looked for, I was trying to figure this out, at least two months we looked for a house. And Bill was there at almost every single one of them, and he said, yeah, this is still find a house, just buy a house, you know, whatever. But 
we looked at a bunch of houses. We put in offers on quite a few houses, and we never got one. We looked, and we had our hopes up, and we had the dreams of how we can make this house ours, and somebody else bought it. Or we had the dreams, and this was a nice house, but it was too much money. Or we walked into a house and said, oh, we cannot live here. No matter how much money you would pay us, we can't live here. So we had to practice some patience to finally find a place, and I really think God helped guide us through that. To find a place and practice patience took a while. And now that we own the house, every single day it seems like there's an opportunity to practice patience. Some of you guys have been asking what I've been up to here lately, and Courtney and I and Bill helped some too. We've been sanding our 100-year-old wood floors, and they are 100 years tough, and it's been taking days. And that's been some patience. Or what about when you're putting on those little light covers on your ceiling fan with the little microscopic screws that you can't even... That's terrible. That's patience, right? Those are the times that I struggle. And I'm going to talk about those a little bit more. Patience is really, really hard. Patience is really hard for me. I'm just harping on myself. But I have to wonder, since I'm so bad at it, is it even really something we need in our lives? What if we just said, ah, no patience? Don't need any patience. Well, when I say our lives, I mean us as Christians. Is patience something that we as Christians should be practicing? Do we really need it in our lives? Well, if you're a Christian here in this room, uh, you've been baptized and you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what Scripture says, right? And Paul writes to Christians who receive the gift of the Holy Spirit about the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. I touched on it a little bit this morning, but he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. I invite you to flip open there. Fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, a, true, a, a tree produces the kind of fruit that it is. We know this, right? An apple tree produces apple fruit. Makes sense. Plum tree, we have one of those at our house, produces plums. Makes sense. So what does the fruit of the Spirit produce? the spirit tree, if you would. Let's read together uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 25. And I've got it up here if you don't have it in your Bible. This is out of the... Paul writes, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So here in the Scripture, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul is challenging us as Christians, as he would say, to keep in step with the Spirit. Basically saying, live like we have the Spirit of God in us and do the actions of the Spirit of God like it's in us because it is in us. And Paul goes through and he, he lists some of the fruit, right? Some of the fruit among many things right there in the middle is patience. We've talked about some of these other ones before. We talked about some of them in Bible class last week. But right in the middle of this is that one that I struggle with, patience. Paul is saying that as Christians, fruits of the Holy Spirit in us should be patience. 
one of them. So what is patience? What is patience? Well, here in Galatians chapter 5, the Greek word better defined here is actually used as long-suffering. I like that word because it's kind of a definition in itself, right? We don't have to define a word that's already broke up. So what is long? Well, it takes a good while, right? Long. What is suffering? Oh, it's trials and temptations that are tough for us to go through. So patience is long-suffering. Do we actually fit that definition that often with our patience trials? Or is it just like uh, short-term inconveniences? Patience. See, long-suffering is, is alluding to the fact that when I'm trying to put a little screw in for 35 seconds and I'm shaking because it won't go in the hole, oh, that's a slight bit of patience. But true patience is long-suffering. That's the Greek word for it. So true patience is enduring hardships. True patience is taking time and being strong the whole time. And it's longer than just a few seconds or a few minutes. Truthfully, if it's tough for me to deal with short-term patience, think about how hard it is sometimes in long-term patience. James talks about this this true definition of long-suffering in in James chapter 5. James chapter 5, uh, 7 through 9 are the verses I popped up on the screen, but uh, honestly, you can just read the whole book of James. You can come to our Bible class. It's really, really good on Wednesday night. I'm going to refer to James again here. We'll get here in a couple of weeks. But James chapter 5, two verses here, 7 through 9 out of the ESV. James writes, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth? Be patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. This is what I had Larry read for our opening scripture this morning. James is talking about true patience here. Long time patience. He's telling us Christians to be patient, and it's going to take a long time, because what he's talking about right here is the rest of our lives. Did you catch that? Be patient, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Do we know when the Lord's going to come? No. A lot of us who are bad at patience say, any minute now. Some of us who are maybe a little more matured and long-suffering can say, whenever he comes, I'm going to be patient on my earthly walk, right? But that's what James is talking about. He's talking about the rest of our lives until either Jesus returns or we pass away from this earth. Us patient and practice patience with our brothers is what he's talking about right here, right? He shares how important it is for us to do so. Right here at the end, he says, be patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. That's the rest of our lives. And he says, do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. He not only says, be patient for a long time, he also says, it's kind of important. Because if you're not patient, you're coming out this other side of grumbling. And what is happening to those who grumble? Oh, they're being judged on that too. I'm talking about those. I'm talking about me. Not just those, me. So is it important for us Christians? I think so. I think 
Paul, James, over and over in Scripture. There's a bunch more Scriptures on patience, by the way, guys. Over and over, it's given to us as Christians something that we should be practicing. So where are some places, how are some ways that we can practice patience? These are just from my life. Maybe yours are easier. (laughs) But I think the first place we can practice some patience is practice patience in problems. That's the one that usually gets me, little earthly problems. I don't think anyone in this room doesn't have a frustrating thing or moment that comes into their lives. Daily? Weekly? I don't know. How blessed are you, right? Problems, trials, tougher, annoying situations, we all have to deal with them. But they're the perfect opportunity for us to practice patience as Christians here on this earth. A lot of times, the ones that really get in our way, or at least for me, are problems, right? So problems make us angry and upset or impatient, but we should use that opportunity to glorify God. Let's read here Proverbs 14, 29. And you might notice I used a a weird version here because I looked all over and I really like this one. N-I-R-V, the New International Revised Version. But let me read it from here. Proverbs 14, 29. Anyone who is patient has great understanding, but anyone who gets angry quickly shows how foolish they are. Is this not talking about practicing patience and problems? When a problem comes, practice patience and you'll have great understanding. It's true. Even with the little screws on the ceiling fan, I understand how they go in now, don't I? But the one who gets angry quickly, also me sometimes, shows how foolish they are. Isn't that true? Have you ever seen a video pop up on Facebook of somebody just blowing up and it's funny? It's foolish? It's ridiculous to watch? That's this right here, right? So the challenge for us as Christians is to practice patience in our problems. It's almost a tongue twister to say that. Practice patience in our problems. What about the second one? Where else can we practice patience in our lives? Oh, this one's easy. What about with people? Well, obviously this one's next, right? Because people create the problems. Not always. Sometimes this one's tough. I mean, have you ever, you've never been impatient with another person, right? Just me? Nobody else has been impatient with another person? It's so easy to get frustrated. It's sad how easy it is to get frustrated and upset with other people. Sadly, I don't think we think about it very often. But, you know, practicing patience with people might be the greatest witness we have to most people. A lot of people that we see in our daily lives at the hardware, grocery, Walmart store, they're not sitting there reading their Bibles with us. They're not going to ask us for our favorite scripture. They're just going to interact with us and ask us to grab that top shelf item. Or they're going to try and scooch by us in the aisle. They're going to try and see some of our patience with people in real life. What about those people that are really tough? Yeah, those are the ones we need to be practicing patience with. So this one's challenging. But I think we can't miss the fruit of the Spirit, patience. Ephesians 4, verse 2 out of the NLT says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. 
What's Paul talking about here? Well, he's actually talking about even within the brothers and sisters of the church. Got to be patient with those people too. But this is a great example of how we need to be patient, humble, and gentle with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of love. This is how we show the love of Jesus in our lives. When I think of patience with people, I think of my dad. And don't tell him I'm telling you stories about him, okay? Because he'll probably be here in a couple of weeks. Don't tell him. And my dad is not a patient person. That's not how I would describe him in my first list of things. He has a lot of great qualities. Uh, Patience is not all around one of those. I mean, he's a good man. He's not always the most patient. But you know what? Being his son and his child, I've seen him do a great job at practicing patience with people. Patience with problems? Uh, Patience with people? Yeah. I don't know what. Maybe he's nurtured it. Maybe he's practiced it. But being his kid, I don't understand things he's trying to teach me sometimes. I'm a person, and he will walk me through over and over again how to do something. He won't just give up on it. I've worked for people that just say, ah, never mind, I'll do it. That wasn't my dad. Or like when my little sister wrecked the car on her way to school, rolled it over three and a half times or whatever. Always in these type of situations, you'd be terrified, you just wrecked, you call my dad and he no problem. It's all calm. So what, did, what happened? What are you going to do next? You want me to come get you? You got a ride? What do you need? Just talk you through it. Calm. Now, that's a very easy time to be really mad at a person for wrecking a car. Or a very easy time to be frustrated at this kid who still won't listen to you. But yet, practicing patience with people is one of the strong suits I see in him. Don't tell him that. Don't, don't tell him, because he's not patient in other ways. But that's a good way to be a witness. It was a good way to be a witness to your own son. What's the third way we can practice patience? What about this one? Practice patience with yourself. I'm not good at this. It's a mean sermon. This is really, really hard for me. Um, you might know that I kind of struggle with being a perfectionist sometimes. I try and do everything right the first time. I don't want to mess it up. I just want to do it right and never, ever do it again. But sometimes I still have to do it multiple times. Sometimes that really, really bugs me. But that's me not being patient with myself, isn't it? I can have flaws. I can work through the process. I can learn. Maybe the patience is what I should be learning through right here, right? And it's okay. Because I'm not perfect and I'm practicing patience with myself. And you know why that's okay? Because God practices patience with all of us every single day. As Christians, you gave your life to Christ, and if God did not practice patience, what would the expectation be? Never sin again. Be perfect. Be like Christ. That's what I told you to do. But God practices patience, and inevitably, when we sin yet again, He says, all right, you're forgiven. Walk like Christ. He reminds us again. So when I struggle with patience with myself, do I not need to remind myself that God practices patience every day with me? Again, in James chapter 1, we read this in Bible class a couple weeks ago, 
James 1, uh, 2 through 4 in our Wednesday class. He says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you might be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now that scripture might not mean that much to you, but it says a lot to me because I struggle with the end. I want to be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Do you know what James writes about how God uses it? He says, if you want to be perfect, lacking in nothing, you're going to have to practice patience. Specifically, trials, testing, and then you're going to have to be steadfast. It's going to be some tough, long-suffering. And then maybe I'll get to heaven and be like, oh, now I'm perfect, right? What about the last one here? How else can we practice patience? Well, we can practice patience with God's plan. Any of you ever struggle with this one? Ask God, why? Why are you doing this? Why is this what I'm going through? Why did I have to go here before I could go there? Man, we're just like a bunch of toddlers asking why, right? We don't need to know why. It's not our plan. I had an old man tell me, uh, actually, he ran, the, he ran the junkyard. So you know he was wise. He ran the junkyard, and he said, Harold, anytime we as humans make plans, God just laughs and rewrites them. I agree. Anytime we make plans, God just laughs and rewrites them. So we need to practice patience with God's plan. We can't do anything to it. It's His. Jeremiah 29.11, NLT, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Again, this is cherry-picking a verse, but it does give us hope to read it, doesn't it? It says, even though we don't understand the plan that God has, He'll take care of us. His plans are good. They're not going to destroy us, and they'll give us a future and a hope. So we can practice patience in God's plan. God has a plan for you and I, and we're just working with Him on that plan. But we can't wait to get to the end where we're perfect, just like Jeremiah said. All right, church. Today, tomorrow, this week, this month, maybe you don't have to, but for the rest of my life at least, i got to practice some patience. It's in the fruit of the Spirit. I need to be pouring out patience just like I'm pouring out all the other fruits off of my spirit tree. And if you're like me, you might be really bad at it. You might be medium bad at it. But I think it's something we're called to get better at and to practice patience each and every day of our lives. So church, let's practice some patience.